When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Vernomatic Productions. Hey guys, this is Rick Hughes from S.W.O.R.D. And you're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with John the Vernomatic. Verno, rock and roll. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Happy holidays, everybody. As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. But tonight, I'm getting it to you a day early. It's the Thanksgiving weekend, and everyone either has off of school, off of work, and just, you know, watching football, spending time with friends and family. It's a great time of year. Tonight's episode, we have the band Sword from Canada. They have a brand new album dropping this Friday, November 25th, called Sword 3. Get you up to speed on S.W.O.R.D. Back in the 80s, they had two kick-ass albums, 1986's Metalized, and then the follow-up Sweet Dreams. Then they are inactive for all these years. But got things back going about 10 years ago, and here we are with a brand-new album. So I spoke with vocalist Rick Hughes and guitarist Mike Plant. We discussed the album, the brand-new one. I give them my input on the tracks. Um, we talk about touring plans, take a walk down heavy metal memory lane. They share details about touring with Metallica back in 86. Just a general cool discussion. These are great guys. So that's coming up in just a second. But first, I just want to share a couple reviews we got from a couple listeners. Listen, I'm going to let out bribe you. If you get up to any of the platforms you listen to these podcasts on, have it be Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Do us a favor, leave a review. That kind of stuff really helps helps the show gain more accessibility. In any case, we had two listeners write in. Uh, DChamp99 at Gmail writes, Hey guys, I really dug the Michael Sweet of Striper episode. I found the backstory of the album cover sequence from the last four albums to be cool as hell. Keep up the good work, fun interviews. Well, DChamp99, thank you. We appreciate that. Michael Sweet, again, a couple weeks ago, we had him on. 
uh, talking about the final battle, the new striper, and did talk about their artwork on the last couple albums. If you line them up together, you know, it's like a little sequence. So, DChamp99, thank you. I'll get in touch with you, and I'll get you that complimentary Metal Mayhem shirt out to you. Uh, second one we have is Kissing the Kitty at Yahoo.com. <laughs> All right, well, uh, they write, Hey, I always dismiss the year 1990 in metal as a downer, but in your History of Metal series, you guys opened up my eyes to some great forgotten and sometimes overlooked releases. Metal Walt and Ian O'Rourke are a treasure. Thanks for rekindling those CDs' interests. Kissing the kitty. Well, again, if you go to the website and join our community, sign up for our newsletter. That's our way to stay in touch with you about um, new episodes of the podcast, any of our live radio shows from anyone on our team. Download some of our past episodes. You could find that we have this History of Metal series going that we started last year, and we're up to the year 1991 is the next taping. Well, Kissing the Kitty, thank you for your uh, review, and we will get that shirt out to you ASAP. All right, we'll be back in just a second with Rick Hughes and Mike Plant of S.W.O.R.D. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Attention Metalheads. Since we launched in 2019, Metal Mayhem ROC has been the go-to source for metalheads to talk about and hear the music they love. We can't thank you enough for being part of the family. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so you know when we go live. Plus, tell folks why you like to listen when you leave a rating and review. If you're listening on another platform, head over to podchaser.com and type in Metal Mayhem ROC in the search bar. Hit subscribe, then rate the show and leave a comment on why you get your metal fix from the Vernomatic and his guests. Metal Mayhem ROC. Now, back to the show. All right, so continuing our series of uh, throwback bands, releasing new stuff and getting up to speed, we're talking with Rick Hughes and Mike Plant of Canada's Sword. The new album drops November 25th on Massacre Records called Sword 3. Guys, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. How are you doing today? Oh, very good. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Um, As we tape this, it's a week before uh, America's Thanksgiving, I'm down here in Rochester. You guys are up there in Montreal. I'm sure we're sharing the same weather front. It's about 35 degrees, a little snow. How's it up there? Well, we don't have any snow yet, but it's, uh, it's yes, the cold, uh, cold weather is definitely here, and there's uh, going to be some snow, they say, tomorrow. It's coming. Tis the season. Congratulations on the new one that's coming out. Uh, Sword 3, 8 Tracks, been a resurgence of the band. Back in the 80s, two kick-ass albums, 86's Metalized, and in 88's uh, Sweet Dreams. So quickly, let's get our listeners up to speed on how we've come to the point in 2022, Sword's back to releasing new material. Well, back in 2010, 2011, we had a few offers to do some shows locally. And uh, we all we had a meeting, and it uh, and we all decided that yeah we would do it because that would be fun. So just for the hell of it, for the fun of it, we did a few shows locally, 
And then we were invited to play at a, a festival in Germany. And, uh, and then we opened up a Facebook page, a sword Facebook. And, uh, and a lot of uh, the feedback from people, from the fans, I guess you could call them, was that, is there any possibility to get some new material out? So then it was decided that we, uh, we would work on a, a EP, uh, release like uh, three new songs. Uh, but uh, that quickly turned into a full album. It was like a grassroots. It just organically developed um, with technology and social media. The band was put back on the forefront. Let me quickly ask you, wh- why the inactivity after the second album in the late 80s? Well, it's just, just you know, uh, there was some dischantment in the band and uh, the priorities changed and... Uh, you know, uh, the bad. We just we just stopped. We, we never stopped uh, being friends and uh, seeing each other. But everybody did, had other projects, and grunge was coming up. And uh, you know, it, it, it was really hard. But uh, I guess this, you know, life. <laughs> life got in the way. Th- those not familiar with the band, uh, a set of brothers in here: Dan Hughes on drums, Rick Hughes on vocals. I'm speaking with Mike Plant, the guitarist and uh, bass player. Uh, pronu- uh, correct my pronunciation, Mike LaRock. LaRock. La yeah. All right. <laughs> Good one for me. Um, original band on this new release, uh, the brothers and then the friends. And so, like you said, you've always stayed close. Are, are all of you still live and work in Montreal? We're, uh, uh, well, on the south shore of Montreal that this is where we grew up and uh, this is where we started. And uh, we're, we're all pretty much uh, still in the same area. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations again. Um, four, four originals, just picking up where you left off. Rick, let me uh, ask you, this new album, where is it from? Is it Leftovers? Is it Leftovers reworked? Uh, any originals? Exactly what you said. It's it's a blend of, of, of everything, of old ideas, because Mike Mike's a, a great a great riff maker. So we had some old riff that Mike had written that we kept because they were good, and we worked on that, and we put on some new lyrics, some uh, new melodies. Mike uh, changed some intros, and and we came up with it's it's old and new put together. Uh, with with the new technology, and that's how it sounds. You know, uh, you could compare it to that last Van Halen album with David Lee Roth, where they went back into the vaults, reworked some of the stuff that didn't make it from back in the day, changed the lyrics, changed the arrangements. So it's the old vibe, but yet the new, the the new flavor, like like you just explained. Let's get right into the album. I have a whole list of notes, so just stay with me here. The uh, first single, I Am In Command, easily digestible, great production. How much of this track was close to the original? I got the feeling that it was very modern. Comment on this track. Oh, well, um, well, once again, it's an it's a, uh, old demo that we had of this song. And uh, we took the, we just took the best bits, but there was 
there was some flaws and uh, it wasn't uh, actual enough. So it was trying to figure out, uh, uh, trying to fill in the blanks. Yeah, well, Mike, you're saying it right. Like I said, Mike makes beautiful riffs. So if at times that song, the riff wasn't strong enough for today, he, he changed it. And same goes with the lyrics and the melody. I changed them. Let's keep in mind that when we talk about the old stuff, nothing, we, we kept nothing from the recordings because it was all four tracks. You know, it was, it was pre, pre demos. Yeah. It wasn't even demos. It was, it was our demo that we, we pitched to the record company and they'd say, yay, yay, nay, nay, yay, nay, nay. Well, the nay were pretty, were pretty good to us, you know, but we didn't want to argue with the record company and, we wanted to, to create, so we just kept on creating. When it was time to, to gather new material for this album, we, you know, uh, I'd made a CD of the guys from the old demos, and uh, we'd have meetings and say, remember that track? That was pretty cool, uh, you know, and so let's work on that, right? Yeah, that's a great comment. After listening to these again, before you started rearranging, did you look at each other and say, Man, you know that A and R guy yeah, was yeah, what do, back in '86. This this song should have been on there, right? It's like, uh, what did they know, right? Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, this this one two punch, surfacing into unleashing hell. These are my notes, guys. Eerie opening, instrumental. The question here, um, why didn't that that instrumental just be the beginning of unle- unleashing? Unleashing Hell, rather than, like, two tracks, because it segues right into Unleashing Hell. Uh, yeah. Yes, it does. It's, uh, well, um, well, you can listen to just uh, the, the, the song uh, as the riff starts, but we wrote it yeah. uh, with, the, with the intro as to put some kind of tension there or, or, or drama or effect, um, to, to get the attention built and then the, it's to me to me uh, to me it yeah, sounds no, uh, it's a bit like a, a showdown you know uh, the old uh, Ennio Morricone thing where the the gunfighters with the have their hands on their all their oldsters and uh, look at it uh, you'll see only the eyes you know it's that kind of tension to me and so so it had nothing to do with because I don't even know if that's an industry requirement anymore certain number of songs to distinguish between an ep versus no, an lp no because sorry uh, i interrupted you no because it's no for an lp or, or 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 a full album it's the length of time so if you look at metal eyes we had 10 song it was 35 minutes this one has eight song and it's 35 minutes but but you know what i'm tempted to do here I'm tempted to to reuse your comparison with uh, Van Halen because that's what they did. What you really got me an eruption, you know? They they segue into, but there's two different songs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up in Montreal, but I grew up in 1986. So you know, a lot of these lyrics, you know, I could relate to. Uh, great track, probably like one of my favorites on the album. Um, uh, does this? the lyrics somehow that reference a cocaine and tying into the cover of sweet dreams, which has that overture who wrote the lyrics to this song from the band or was it not someone from the it band? was, um, 
It was a, co a collaboration with a friend of ours that's, that's been friend with us since the beginning of S.W.O.R.D. Uh, he, the guy's got a penmanship that, that's uncanny. And uh, he, he came up with the lyrics. I had already uh, written the melody and, and some ideas, you know, to it. So he kind of picked up on my uh, blah, blah on the song, that on the demo. And, 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 he, and he put the lyrics in. And uh, at first glance, I went, wow, this is it, my friend. This is it. This is a time capsule. Thank you. Thank you. It's really, uh, it's really autobiographical. Is that a word? You well, you know what I mean. But it, it, you know, it's really about uh, uh, when you uh, being uh, us being in a band in uh, our twenties and uh, about the scene, you know, in Montreal, which which probably yeah. was uh, can be can be the scene that was somewhere else too, because those were the times, you know. Those were the times. I have a lot more notes on some other songs, but I'm going to pivot and ask you two. Rick, what's your favorite track on this new release? Um, here's what I like about this album is that it's been it's been finished for for a little while, and my favorite has changed. Uh, in the beginning, I remember my favorite track was uh, was Dirty Pig, um, and, and but now my favorite track of the album is Took My Chances. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Just like as a consumer, when I listen to it, you know, this week it's these tracks. In two weeks, it's like, oh, maybe that track didn't catch me at the beginning. Now it's my Exactly, so, you got me. Mike, you're probably uh, subscribed to the same answer that uh, Rick was saying, huh? Uh, pretty much, yeah. But it, it changes. I really love Dirty Pig for the groove. Uh, I really love uh, Spread the Pain. For the uh, the aggression in there is palpable. Wow, we're we're cut from the same cloth because my notes on Dirty Pig swinging yeah. groove, I like it. This is and um, spread the pain. Uh, an angry song and any song that you could somehow get species and feces to to rhyme. Yeah, is clever. It's very clever. Um, yeah, you know, Rick, the animation in the video, you're, 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 you know, you're theatrical and, you know, it's a cool Thanks. video. So, uh, you know, Dirt, Dirty Pig's a cool tune and Fred in the Pain, my notes, crunchy riff, pounding drums. This is for you, Mike. How is it, again, going with the Van Halen analogy, how is it working with a set of brothers in a band? <laughs> of course, there is a connection there because they are siblings. But, uh, I mean, we all knew each other when we were kids. So there, there's kind of a, some kind of brotherhood going there. We, we all uh, share the experience. So as, as, as soon as we uh, get down to doing what we do, we're all brothers. Cool, cool. Must be a, you know, and I love Canada, and I'll explain in a little bit. I'll share some of my Canadian experiences, but... It's cool that you guys, you grew up together. Um, there's no, obviously, there's no LSD problem, lead singer disease problem. <laughs> you know, you guys are, you know, I'm sure uh, through other show research, I've watched a few other interviews where, you know, you talk about you, you, between you have eight or ten kids. I don't know if either of you are grandparents yet. <laughs> um, you, know, uh, you know, hey, time disappears, you know. It's refreshing. 
And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on here is, you know, share the story. Oh, thanks. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because between us four, we have, we have 10 children and two of us are grandfathers. No, no, John, not only am I a grandfather, I'm a proud grandfather and I have no, no shame about it at all. You know, age is just a number. I feel, I feel like I'm 20, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm back in 1986. Ah, yeah, well, I'm 55. And so I just got off the road. Um, I spent the last six days traveling. I was down in New York, seeing Merciful Fate, and then drove back. And I was in Cleveland seeing Wasp and Armored Saint. And, wow. Um, you know, yeah, 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 wow. You know, I got back Sunday and I had regrouped. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I'm not a musician. I love what you guys do. I remember jamming you guys. Um, one more take on, on the album. The last song, Not Me, No Way. These are my notes. Gets going quick. Uh, I could see this being maybe a... Uh, in the set at the end, I could see Rick on his foot on the monitors, getting the crowd going with a chant, killer lead, and just an overall, you know, crowd participation song. Well, there you go. You go. You hit the nail on the head there, buddy. <laughs> it's pretty much. Uh, <laughs> really? I'm not, really? Sure in, I'm not sure in the set where it's going to be in the set, but it's definitely at the end of the album. And uh, it's a yeah. rocker. It's definitely a rocker. Arena rock. Arena rock. You know what? Yeah. John. Rick, I, I can see you with your foot on the monitor and going, yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's Not go. me. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a great release. Uh, again, the album Sword 3 comes out on Massacre Records on the 25th. Uh, you do have some dates. Doing a little Canadian tour at the beginning of the year. Looks like a couple of weekend offers. Uh, Montreal and then some Quebec yes. dates. Montreal, Montreal on the 14th, Quebec City on the 15th, uh, up north in Quebec in Alma on the 20th, and uh, back down in Three Rivers on the 22nd. Sounds cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to stay on that, you know, our, our philosophy about music is that. We focus right now on those shows. That's all we do. So, like Mike said earlier, we're we're close friends. We've been friends forever. So we have our our rehearsal hall. It's it's called the House of Rock, and uh, we we rehearse because we want the music to be as ready as we were before we hit the studio. Once we get on stage, the show is gonna be is gonna be ready. Even if we haven't done a tour before, we're gonna hit the stage and. I'm pretty sure we'll be kicking ass big times. Any um, plans? And I understand how this touring goes. It's tough. About maybe some states shows over in Europe, because you know how that Europe scene is. Get yourself on one of those, you know, festival circuits. Any talk about any of that? Yeah. yeah, but uh, We'd love to play anywhere that uh, we're welcome, you know. (laughs) Yeah, of course. You're not going to turn anyone away. Well, well, reasonably. Yeah, reasonably, of course. Yeah. Back in 1986, I graduated high school, and I had a chance to study for a year up in Toronto. I lived in Metro Toronto, and at the time, you know, I was into bands like Exciter 
and uh, Anvil. I actually went to school with uh, Sal Audio that was in the band Kraken. And, you know, you had bands like Coney Hatch. Um, the Canadian metal scene, Annihilator, there, there was a viable scene back then. You play with any of those bands? Uh, we played with Exciter when the, in Montreal once. Uh, I think we played with Anvil. I'm not sure, but uh, not sure we, about that. We did a we did a show in Germany, and uh, we were headlining on on the Friday night uh, at the Kit Festival in Germany, and Anvil were headlining on the Saturday night, and. Uh, we um we we made friends with them. It took us twenty four hours. At the end of our show, we ended up at the hotel. Everybody was outside, having a beer with lips and friends. And um, the day after, we went to their show, and uh, there was a brouhaha in front of their dressing room. And somebody saw us, and they say, "Open up! Open up!" Sword guys, yeah. come in, come in. So we went into the dressing room just before they went into. The, onto the show and Lips was there and he was congratulating us again on the show and then we were going, let's go Lips, uh, gonna watch your show We and they put on a great show. So yeah, we did some shows. We did a show with Annihilator back in 2011 here in Quebec. Hmm. So we did, we did cross path with, uh, with, with, with Canadian uh, rock acts, you know, Elix, we played with Elix. We played with uh, Killer Dwarves. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Good call, good call. Forgot, yeah. With, uh, mm-hmm. Elix, Killer Dwarves. Um, we partied with them. You remember, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we partied till dawn. Well, yeah, I had a great time in uh, living in Metro Toronto. I lived where I lived was right on Maple Leaf Gardens. It was a twenty-two story apartment complex called the Maple. Okay. There I was, a 19-year-old kid from Rochester, New York. The U.S. dollar was, like, you know, the best it's been ever. You know, going to the Brass Rail for lunch three days a week. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Bredors, but saw a lot of killer rock and roll yeah. shows. There. Remember the, uh, the Gas Works? Gas Works. Yeah, we played there a few times. Now, I mentioned that I went to, I went to a recording arts school. Trevis Institute of Recording Arts. Uh-huh. And one of my classmates, like I mentioned, was Sal from Kraken. Well, Sal was good friends with the Anvil guys. And it was the weekend that, um, oh, it was the weekend Iron Maiden was having two shows at Maple Leaf Gardens. My buddies came up from Rochester, a carload of them. We were all going to Maiden. But that Friday night, we went down to the Gasworks and Anvil was playing. So Sal had set it up where, I was able to go on stage and introduce Anvil. Nice. And the look up, yeah, the look on my buddy's face is when, you know, five minutes before they're going on, I'm like, I'm going to go to the bar. Anyone need anything? I'm like, no, we're all set. But really, I was sneaking around the corner. Sale brought me in, and I went up there, and I went up on the stage. I'm like, all right, gas works, and, you know, introduced them. They went into March of the Crabs, and but let, so, yeah. But let, but let me ask you a question. What's that? Was that the gas work first floor or second floor? That that's a great question. I think it was the lower one. Okay. Because upstairs were were, were for for the the heavier band. Downstairs was was for more for like, like the the how should I say the rock rock and roll thing, you know? Upstairs were more heavy. 
Um, well, then again, it was like 40 years ago, but I remember sitting at tables and I think there's a lot of hash oil and, you know, Bredores. So, but, um, definitely, you know, that, definitely. That's how that goes. But, um, yeah, so Toronto was great. Uh, the concert hall saw Slayer up there, uh, Massey Hall. Yeah. Had a, you know, I'm a huge Rush fan. Like, who isn't? But, you know, get to Massey Hall. So, my stay in Canada was great. But the next point I want to make, I did see a show up there, and I was, I didn't know it until now doing show research, but I saw the rescheduled Metallica Maple Leaf Garden show with Jason Newstead after. Cliff had died. Yeah. And I, and that was the Canadian truck where you guys were third on the bill, but you didn't play Toronto. Why, why was that? Hmm. Good question. Uh, we just did the Quebec leg of the tour. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know why we didn't, uh, we didn't, uh, go beyond that with them. Well, yeah, because you had, uh, you did Montreal because looking at the dates, it was, Metallica, Metal Church, and then how many dates were you with them? Three or four? Uh, f- four or five. Yeah. yeah. Toronto, Quebec, Chicoutimi, Victoriaville, Drummondville, five. Yeah. Five gigs. But uh, we, uh, I guess we uh, weren't invited after that to continue with them. But then again, John, maybe because, like you said, it's a long time ago. Uh, we had a lot of offers at that time, so maybe we couldn't. Maybe it's us that couldn't continue with them because we had pro, we had some uh, some uh, something scheduled that that we couldn't continue with them. We, we'll never know, but yeah, yeah. Well, the dates were sequential. Uh, I think um, it was like Toronto was um, like like right before, right after. Montreal, like a day or two before. So, so that night that we weren't there in Toronto, we were probably holding each other's hand and crying. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying that because we had a, this. One of my fondest memories is opening for Metallica for the Master of Puppets tour because mm-hmm. we were already big fans of the band. We've been fans since um, Ride the Lightning, and uh, when. When Master of Puppets came out, we were listening to that album, and we're, we had one car for four guys, and, and we all jam into the car and go to the rehearsal hall and, and listen to Metallica, and, and then uh, one day the phone rang, and it was, uh, it was uh, our promoter that said, hey, Metallica wants you on the, on the Quebec leg of, the, of their tour. So we, we were asked to join the, the tour by them. How'd they know of you? Um, I don't know. I think they they gotten a hold of our album and really liked it. They really Lar- liked Metalized. Lars told me the story. We were backstage with them, and uh, we were talking about that, and he told me that he went for an interview with Kerrang! Magazine, and uh, the, the guy that was doing the interview was the editor-in-chief, and he had his Walkman, and in the Walkman, he had the metalized tape. So before he left the interview, Lars said to him, I'm curious to know what you're listening in your Walkman. Yeah. And, 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 he, and he pushed Eject, and he gave him the tape. He said, listen to that, man. You're going to love it. This is a great band. That's what Lars well, told me. That's from the horse's mouth. Well, that's how Lars is. He was a fan. And, you know, guys, it's, it's hard to comprehend now. And listeners... You got to remember something. Back then, there was no internet. There was no 
social media. There was, it was just very grassroots. So I could really see Lars doing that, you know, doing that interview from Kerrang and he was very inquisitive and that's how things happen. You share a tape. Here's this band in Montreal. Next thing you know, you're doing five shows with the band and it helped pro- propel your your legacy because you do have a legacy. It's, uh, you know, th- th- those albums, they're up there. They're, um, they're part of me as a music and metal fan. It's part of our DNA. And so it's cool. And I started this show off with saying that we're celebrating some of the bands from back in the day, you know, for any reason they are, they're regrouping, they're re-releasing, and it's it's a credit to you guys. And trust me, we appreciate it because you know it's part of our our youth, and and it's nice not to live in the past, but respect the past. And it's cool that you guys are able to, you know, keep it going. Uh, thanks a lot for your support. Yeah, thanks, John. Now, no one's getting rich off of this. So what have you guys been doing personally the last, you know, 30 plus years? um, The outside rock and roll interests, what do you do? Well, Uh, some of us have uh, steady jobs and uh, some of us uh, continue uh, only playing music. Uh, Different different bands, different uh, projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, that that's funny you say that, different projects. I've uh, interviewed um, John Bush of Armored Saint several times. He was the voiceover for the Burger King guy for over 100 commercials. That's I, it. Yeah, and he told me that was uh, some of the best paying work he's ever done. He goes, you think you're in all these bands, this and that? He goes, no. You know, that was the Burger King voiceover guy for 100 plus commercials. And <laughs> so, so you never know. Same here, you know. As a singer, I had to uh, to put uh, butter on uh, on the toast and uh, a, a, a roof under my kid's uh, head. So, uh-huh. like exactly like John Bush, I did some some uh, jingles for TV. I did some TV shows. Uh, I've been busy with my voice for the past 20, 30 years. Got to do what you got to do. You know, it's uh, my passion is heavy metal and media. But outside of all this, I've run a business for 27 years. I've raised my family, put my kids through school, and and here we are. We're sort of parallel. Yep. You know, we're both have a passion. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, guys? I'm going to let you get going, but I want to, you know, congratulate you again on the release. And we will do, you know, whatever we can down here at Metal Mayhem ROC to support the band, spread the word. And you never know. Maybe next spring we'll get you for a tour stop up here in Rochester. You never know. Right around the corner in a way. Yeah, you never know, man. Where can people get information on you? Your social medias? Yeah, very easily on a Facebook page. You just type in sword, you'll see the logo. Or we we even have a a sword.com for uh, for information. But um, again, John, thank you very much for, uh, for the support. Uh, it's, it's, it was a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, you too guys and listeners, I will have all this neatly put in our website in the episode blog. So, you know, you don't have to look too far. So again, the album comes out the 25th Canada's sword, new one, sword three massacre records, find it everywhere. Get out there, buy the release. Just don't stream it. 
You know, if you go see them in the, these Quebec shows, buy a couple shirts, buy shirts for your friends, you know, your kids. Just support the guys and spread the word of metal. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Have a great holiday, and we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Rock on. Thanks, John. Take care, guys. See you, guys. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.